For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. I'm sick with this, I'm sick with this. Since you were just a button, without judgment, my own sweet down didn't teach what I fought. I didn't recognize you for this anymore. I don't wanna be defeated, I don't wanna be defeated, I don't wanna be defeated, I don't wanna be defeated. Hello! Hello! La la la. What's up, everybody? Shane here, I'm back. Another episode of the show, the podcast, Lead Singer Syndrome. Thanks for joining me on this fine Wednesday afternoon. Uh, A little bit of show business. First off, I am going to switch the show to Wednesday officially. I know I've been late the last few weeks and uh, basically just the way that my life is structured right now, uh, Tuesdays kind of don't work for me. So I'm going to switch the show to Wednesdays. Wednesdays are the day, and I don't know, I feel like it's good. It's a nice little pick-me-up in the middle of the week, you know? Just, it's going to be great, okay? Wednesday's the new Monday, which was the new Tuesday, which was before the new Friday. Yes, you got it. We're in. But hey, welcome to this week's episode, and uh, a bit of a different one, and I love that. Because the name of the show is Lead Singer Syndrome. It isn't lead singer of emo band or hardcore band or punk band or rock band or whatever syndrome. It is just lead singer syndrome. And I have always said that it doesn't matter what genre, what walk of life anyone comes from. If they're a lead singer, they got a story. They're welcome to be on this show. A few weeks ago, we had Tiffany, the pop star from the 80s. She's still around. That was a great episode. We've had people like Mattis Yahoo before on the program. And of course, tons of rockers. But this week, we have our first emo rapper, Dying in Designer, Bobby. He's here. And it's a great episode. And it's cool to get a little bit of different insight on what it's like to be a lead singer when you're just a solo artist and you work with producers and other collaborators and you're not necessarily in a four-piece or a five-piece rock band. So this is a very cool episode and if you don't know about Dying in Designer, you better get on that. This dude is blowing up 
amazing music, really great, cutting edge, modern, but cool, but timeless. It's really great. So yes, you will learn some shit today. I guarantee it. Before we get into that, I want to let you guys know, as always, you can get in touch with me if you want to. You can email me, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. Feel free to add me to social media at Shane Told, at Lead Singer Syndrome, at Lead Singer Sin, depending on which one you're on. Does anyone actually do that? You just search and it comes up. So just search, it comes up, it's all good. In other news with me, I got my new glasses from Iconic.com. That's E-Y-E-C-O-N-I-C.com slash L-S-S. That's the link you're going to want to visit. These are my homies. They hooked me up. My vision, as I've said uh, for the past few weeks, it wasn't great. Now I have glasses. And let me tell you, I haven't worn glasses regularly my whole life. And this is like, pardon the pun, uh, eye-opening. Really, it truly is. I want to thank them so much for all the love they've given me, the show, being an amazing sponsor. And if you wear glasses or contacts, or if you think you need them like me, check out iconic.com slash LSS. And there's promo code too to save 10% off. LSS, and you will hear an ad later in the program and in all the programs if you listen to old episodes because that's what we do now. It's awesome. So thanks to Iconic.com. Thanks to Rockabilia.com, of course, for all your band merch needs. Check them out. Only one thing left to plug, and that is the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. Shout out to all my sinners worldwide. Y'all are awesome. Y'all keep the lights on around here. That's right. Without the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club, I would not be able to do this week after week, bringing you great content. So yeah, just check it out. Yo, the man. Link, How you doing? Syndrome.com slash all access. It's nice to talk it to you. It costs as little as $6 a month. You get bonus episodes, bonus content, interaction with me, and you get to be a part of the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club family, which is 350 members strong and... You're going to make some friends. So check it out. It really does help me out big time. LeadSingerSyndrome.com slash all access. If you like the show, write a review on iTunes, preferably five stars. Tell a friend, tell a loved one that all is so sick. And that's it. That's my intro. So let's get into it. Here is my conversation with Bobby, a.k.a. Dying in Designer. Yo, 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 man. How you doing? Good, man. How's it going? I'm wonderful. It's nice to talk to you. Yeah, man. It's been a minute. Couple, couple weeks, months, maybe. It's been, yeah, not too long. I saw you in Chicago, um, which was, yeah, I guess it was a while ago, actually. Yeah, it was a couple months ago. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah well, you've been busy. Yeah, it's been pretty busy, man. You guys too. <laughs> yeah, no, we just got back and. Um, it was a great tour, you know, nice to have some time off. Um, but damn, dude, you, new album, um, nobody's happy. It's out, finally out. Finally, man. Fucking damn. stoked. And what was funny, I thought, was 
you just put out this record, you know, you've been working on it for so long, debut album, all this stuff. And I'm like, yo man, I'll, I'll like, I'm just texting you a minute ago being like, Hey man, I'll, I'll, uh, just filling up my coffee. I'll, uh, I'll call you in a second. And you're like, yeah, man, I'm just, uh, recording some like melodies into, into voice notes. So, so, so let me get this straight. You're already working on new stuff. Yeah. Crazy. So I, I constantly record and, uh, <clears throat> I was putting together like this little Dropbox for Paul and, uh, I already had like 15 ideas in there. Oh wow! Just like from just uh, actually a lot of them are like full songs, but uh, there's a lot of stuff that I haven't had the chance to like record into like my computer studio. So I was just recording with a lot of the memos, kind of adding them to the Dropbox. So yeah, it never stops, man. I got a ton of ideas for album two already. Wow, that's that's cool. Yeah, and you mentioned Paul. Paul is the drummer of Silverstein, who also happens to be your manager, Mister yep. Mister Manager, as I call him. That's that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy, right? Like like um on this podcast, I was thinking about it and you know, most of the time the singers that I talk to, they're either, you know, in a band or they're solo artists, but they're like, you know, it's like them and a guitar kind of solo artists or they used yeah. to be in a band. What you do um is completely different from that. Yeah, absolutely. Um it's a cool process because the work doesn't stop. And like, you know, Paul calls me a machine. Like I'll send ideas. <laughs> I'll send ideas. He'd be like, you fucking machine. Like just because we'll have like different producers. Like I work with Tampa, who you guys are you know good buddies with and yeah. have brought on tour. And yeah. uh, he works very closely with my buddy Arjun who produced a ton of, a ton of like the drums and stuff like that on the first album. So those two work really close. And then I have a guitarist here, Bodie, who goes by Hooligan. Yep. And he's constantly working on shit. And then, you know, we'll get, you know, when I end up doing sessions with, you know, other people out in LA or wherever else, we end up making songs. So it just the work just doesn't stop. Yeah, it's it's a different kind of collaboration, I guess, right? Like instead of, you know, I'm in a band with four other people and that's who I always collaborate with. It's like you almost have it's kind of endless, right? Because yeah, you, you have, it's, it's like your, your band just, just can be like, like oh, dozens my band, of people. My, my you know band what I mean? like, yeah, tons of people, man. It's yeah. crazy. It's like everybody's working in different corners of the world. Like Arjun's in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yeah. Tampa's in, in Toronto. Toronto. Bodie's here. But the crazy thing about Bodie, me and Bodie only wrote, well, one song in the album together, like in the same room. So we, I would just send like vocals or reference beats and, you know, kind of things I make over to him. And then he would kind of just build off what I send. So we've actually only made one record together, like sitting in the same room. And then we actually just wrote one <clears throat> recently uh, together. So, yeah, it's just kind of weird. The work I end, I end up doing a lot of this stuff actually kind of alone. Yeah. Which is, which is pretty depressing, but so, also cool. So let me get this straight. This guy's name is Bodie, like point break Bodie. Well, his last name, his real oh, name's okay. Nick, but Nick. Okay. <laughs> it's Bodette, but he goes by Bode, Bodie. Like that's his name, yeah. but his producer because, name's Hooligan. Yeah, yeah. See, if, if I had any way that I could call myself fucking Bodie, like the coolest character in the history of movies, dude, come on. Yeah. Oh Fuck my yeah. God. Oh. Yeah, it's a, it's a sweet sweet name. And he had to and he switched to Hooligan. Hey, whatever, man. He he, he can do him. That's that's cool. Um, no, um, well, I mean, the guitar playing 
you know, I just I just listened to the whole record for probably the third or fourth time now, all the way through since it came out. The guitar playing really is a theme um, throughout the record. It, it gives it a tone that I think you don't always find in your genre. Um, you know what I mean? It's like constantly there kind of setting the tone for like the, you know, the pain that, you know, you kind of feel in your voice. Um, yeah. Is that something that obviously that's important to you? Are you a guitar player too? Or do you just kind of guide yeah. him? How does that work? So a little kind of background. So I met Bodie through a mutual friend, Bodie, who again, we'll just call him Bodie. So now everyone on a <laughs> sure. podcast knows it's Julian, sure. but he played on actually majority of, he played guitar and majority of the stuff, but I met him through a mutual friend when I started this dying designer project early on. And he was going through like a super shitty relationship as well. And, uh, you know, we, you know, we just got really tight and music was our outlet to kind of, you know, get our emotions and like kind of feelings and shit we were going throughout. Yeah. So I'd send stuff to him and he'd know exactly what to do. And, you know, he grew up pop punk kid and, you know, post hardcore and shit like that. So a lot like me. So it was, it was just real easy. It was like, you know, send it. Not too many revisions. I mean, like the one song that took a kind of a while was Devil's Calling. We probably went through like 50 revisions. He was like so pissed. We were in the studio. He, was, <laughs> he literally was like, I'm going to throw my fucking guitar through this wall. Damn. And, then, and then, you know, we were like, all right, we got this. And he came back. Like we took like a break for a second. He came back and just laid the prettiest shit. And he was like, <laughs> I was like, see, motherfucker, it's worth it. Like he's like, fuck this song. Like It was, it was pretty funny. But we got through it and uh, ended up actually being the first song we released with Hopeless Records. So yeah, and, it's an important one. Absolutely. And well, congratulations on the signing to Hopeless. I mean, a label that, that I is near and dear to my heart. I mean, not only a label that I was assigned to myself for, for three albums, but one of my favorite record labels growing up. And, you know, Hopeless Records has a rich history of, you know, mostly punk rock. Um, but of course they have, you know, they have reached out to a lot of different genres, but you know, you were the first, you know, call it emo rap, um, artist to sign. What was that? There must've been some haters. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's interesting because they've never actually released a project with any type of hip, 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 hip hop influence. And, uh, so kind of coming in. Like obviously, there's going to be the people that don't understand it yeah. because we're kind of yeah. like it's a new it's a new wave, you know. It's sure. obviously like you know influence from my upbringing and stuff like that, but it's also kind of a mix of a lot of things. And I think some people just didn't understand it right away, but the people that really do, like the core cult following fans of Dying and Designer, like really are crazy about it. So I think you know everyone all the other people are starting to come around, you know, like the people that don't, didn't get it because it's, it's a great record and I'm, you know, super happy that we put it together and, uh, there's nothing I would change about it. So, no, I mean, there's definitely, you can tell listening to the record, there's punk rock influence in there. Um, the songs are short. The melodies are, are very pop punk that could be found on, you know, let's think of the other bands that Hopeless has put out, like maybe All Time Low or something. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they're very indicative of that style. So it, it totally works. I think that sometimes people get lost in the fact that there's no pounding drums 
and there's no palm yeah. muting guitars. Well, there, actually, there is a little bit of palm muting guitars. That's not true. But, you know, um, um, I think that people get lost in that when really they just need to see that the the, the ethics of punk and, and the passion is definitely there. Yeah, you know, you know what I found really funny? So when we released Devil's Calling, like AP, uh, like I think it was the first to like break the article. Yeah. And there were like emo rapper dying in designer signs to hopeless records. And the funny thing about my album, I, I think I only rap on three songs and devil's calling the song we released. I did not, I was all melodies. Was oh all yeah. Yeah. Right. The only thing that had some hip hop influence would be like the 808s and trap drums. Everything else though was like, it's like a pop punk record, you know, it was like sure. kind of spilling my heart out trying to move on from, you know, past shitty relationship. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. And, and did, what, did, what was the feedback on that? Because obviously alternative press is a, a big outlet. A lot of people are following that, that aren't necessarily following hopeless records or, or following your, your, your stuff. Um, did you, did you feel like that gave you new fans um, oh, yeah, did it yeah. just bring uh, on the YouTube comments of fuck this guy or, you know what no, I mean? No, there's, there's obviously I mean, both sides are going to happen. Yeah. The funniest comment though, that you bring up YouTube comments, someone commented, they're like, this is the trap Tom DeLong. I was <laughs> dying. I thought it was the funniest fucking thing. Like, and that's kind of like a funny way to put it, but you know, kind of true. It's like melodies, you know, over trap drums and like pretty guitars and, we got a lot of good feedback, you know, like that song did really well and uh, way more likes than dislikes and, you know, people really cared about it. And, you know, I just think the few people that didn't get it will get it eventually. And when they do, yeah, it's going to be sick. And then it'll be like, damn, I should have not hated on that. No, that's I, funny. The, the, <laughs> the, the comparison to Blink-182 and I do hear it. I think like the melodies for sure. And especially, you know, some of the new stuff that Blink's doing where it is kind of like, you know, Travis Barker's always done a lot of hip hop influence stuff. Like some of the stuff you do. Crazy thing. People don't even realize like that all, like their favorite artists, like a day to remember their new single. There's a ton of, there's like trap drums and bass and same with like the new blink or like, yeah, a ton of this, a ton of these artists, pop artists been doing this. There's no real drums in pop songs. So it's like, (laughs) I just think the, the, the emo rapper thing like saying, oh, this is an emo rapper had people like, oh, wait, fuck this rap stuff. What right. is this? Right. You know? Well, a lot of people are scared of what they don't know too, right? I mean, there's there's a fear of this unknown. There's a fear that, I don't know why. It's not like your music is going anywhere, uh, you know, but, but people want to say, oh, this is something different and new and I don't want to like it when really people should just be open-minded because I love your record. So... you know and i'm not not a guy that's that's like on the cutting edge of of new genres and trends and like oh this is like gonna be cool in 2020 i better listen to it now dude i still listen to like a lot of music from 1994 no exactly you know what i mean so you know but i music sorry go ahead and that's that's the thing like making timeless music like yeah this record here you know it's like two years of my life are, you know, really shitty and I was going through some shitty shit, but, you know, trying to make the best out of it and kind of the music became really therapeutic for me. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people feel this way and I think, you know, pretty much everyone in the world went through like, you know, go through shitty relationships or went through and, uh, 
I think it's something people are going to be able to put back on and relate to, you know, for yeah. the rest of their life. And that's, you know, why we chose to do an album. You know, they're like, oh, you know, you can release singles and this and that. I'm like, no, I grew up on albums. I grew up going to the CD store, carrying, you know, a Walkman around and bumping CDs <laughs> front to back. And that's what nobody's happy is. This record is a front to back record. Yeah. That I hope's timeless, you know, for people and, you know, kind of lasts a lifetime. No, I actually have it in my notes here. Um, you know, I have this right here just written down. I wrote, um, it seems like you have all these songs firing all at once at different things. Like your song Promises is on satellite radio. Uh, Lately's crushing it on Spotify. And I was going to yeah, ask Lately's you. Actually on, Lately's actually getting play on uh, satellite radio right now too, which is awesome. crazy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, and I just was going to say, this was my question, I guess I wrote down was, do you think that that plays to the strength of this whole album? It's not just one single with a bunch of other tracks kind of as filler. You know, it seems like this is a well-crafted album from start to finish. It has the peaks and valleys, you know, that, that, uh, you know, you used to talk about like a CD that you put in a Discman, you know, like it has that element to it, which you don't get a lot in, you know, 2019. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing, like, so we released a few singles before we announced that we were releasing an album and uh, all the singles, you know, they're getting playlisted and yeah. satellite radio and this and that and that. And then, you know, I was talking with my guy, Josh, who, you know, handles a lot of the stuff, you know, with the placements and stuff like that at uh, Hopeless. And he was saying, yeah, you know, we're going to, we're going to lead, you know, bands, artists lead with like one single and we led with wounds. But the crazy thing is like, a bunch of other records are getting picked up and thrown in playlists that weren't even pitched or anything. So it's, it's super cool that it's being listened to. And, you know, that's, that's, you know, the purpose of the, the album. I was like, really like only one record is going to be shopped. And it's so cool to see that everything else is getting picked up all over. Yeah, totally. I think like down and out was a, like a strong track when I listened to the record the first time, like that, you know, that's one that kind of jumped <laughs> yeah, out that's me, one. And, and that's one that isn't, you know, you know, people and that's aren't really talking kept, about it, but it's a great song. Yeah, no one's talking about it, but it's it was getting play it's getting playlisted, which yeah. is super cool. It's getting yeah. a lot of pop pop punk playlists. So that's awesome. Super stoked on that one, and honestly, just the whole record, and uh, just been getting a lot of feedback. Like this record highs. It's a pretty deep one, and that's like become like I think like a fan favorite that we we didn't really expect. So it's it's super cool just dropping a whole body of work and. Yeah. Seeing what people gravitate to. Absolutely, man. So I want to talk about you, uh, the guy, Bobby O'Brien. Um, and I know you're from Chicago, but you know, as a new artist, I think a lot of your fans probably don't know that much about you. Um, so can we talk about that? How did you grow up? I know you didn't have a lot of money. Um, and I know you went to move to LA for a while to, to do some stuff, but uh, before that, you know, how, how was it? What were you like growing up uh, as a kid? Did you have brothers and sisters yeah. and, and all that? Yeah, so grew up on the south side of Chicago near this place called Midway Airport. And uh, it's growing a, up, Yeah, it's a place I've been to. I've been delayed there for several hours before. Haven't we all, man? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, fucking, so I grew up, you know, playing sports, video games, any normal kid, but I always was like a, you know, into punk rock and, you know, post hardcore, hardcore, deathcore, you name it. You know, I, like my mom had me really young, 21. So she had real good taste in music. So she put me onto 
you know, a lot of the early stuff, you know, I grew up on. So, so what, what were some of the records she was spinning? Like, was she spinning around the house or whatever? Oh man. Like Slipknot, Corn, um, Pearl <laughs> Jam, like Matchbox 20, uh, like three doors down, like all kinds of stuff. Right, she put right. me on to literally everything. She had so much, you know, she was like a rocker chick, punk rock, you know, grew up on alternative music and stuff like that. So as a kid, you know, I was big into it and I used to go to school. My mom, you know, she had me as an only child and then, you know, later, you know, and I got a stepdad and stuff like that. But, um, so we used to really bond. She used to work like, I don't know, 30 minutes from her house. And I went to a little Catholic school called BCA, Bridgeport Catholic Academy. But I used to get dropped off at a babysitter's house. And the babysitter had a son named Bobby as well. Oh, yeah. But he was big into like the Slipknot, the corn, the Papa Roach, like the heavy stuff. So, you know, going there every day, like, you know, get all the posters and stuff like that. They had MTV on every single day. So I really started liking some of the real heavy stuff, like at a young age. So, you know, growing up, I don't think like, you know, I, I always wore band tees and like studded belts and fucking vans and <laughs> shit like that. I don't think the kids in my grammar school really got that. And because of that, you know, like I didn't fit in with like, the, the jocks or the preppy kids. I was kind of like an outsider. I was kind of like alone, you know? Right. So music was always like that, <clears throat> you know, kind of like my thing. And I don't think a lot of that's, I don't think it's a lot of people's thing to be honest, at least growing up as a kid, you know? And, you know, same thing. Like when I went to high school, I went to high school, I was playing in like hardcore deathcore bands, pop punk bands. And, you know, I was friends with a few kids at the school that were into that stuff, but not a lot of people. All my other buddies were like, I met through like MySpace and shit like that. So were you doing vocals in these bands, like singing, screaming, or were you playing, yeah, yeah. playing an instrument? What were you doing? Yeah, I was singing and I was started a few pop punk bands, never really went anymore. And then I was like 15 and I started this like hardcore deathcore band and we were called Victory at All Costs. And I met my, who's my current like tour manager super close buddy. We write songs together now. He's wrote on a couple songs with me on the album. Uh, Steve, I met him actually through MySpace and we formed <laughs> yeah. this band. We formed this band and we like recorded in actual studios and like had some really fucking sick stuff going on. Like the drummer I went to high school with and then we found other members on MySpace and we formed this super sick hardcore kind of deathcore band and we opened for some pretty cool people and you know, it went kind of well. And then, you know, I kind of got kicked from the band. Oh, damn. Yeah. For like another vocalist or something. So it was kind of like whatever. So I started like kind of rapping randomly because my high school, you know, a lot of the kids were rapping. It was more urban school in the city. And uh, I was like, fuck, I still want to do music. You know, I filled in for a few other bands, like a band I think that's still around. I killed everyone and shit like that. But I was like, oh, I still want to do music. So I started kind of rapping and kind of, you know, went out to LA, you know, sold out the House of Blues in Chicago, did some tour stuff with some people under a different name. <clears throat> and I was like, you know, going through this relationship. And that's when I combined the two sounds together. And I was like, you know, what? why not combine them? going through this shit and that's kind of how dying designer what was the old project 
<laughs> I don't know if I want to share it. People are going to find it. Like, <laughs> I kind of want to keep that set aside. That's that's fine. I mean, if you sell it, I want to like, if they, that's, if they find it. If that's you, I mean, there's definitely lots of plays on on the shit and stuff. So like people like the the core fans from like a long time ago definitely know <laughs> okay. know me from it. So I get DMs. So like if they DM me and they find it, cool. But I think I want to like. <laughs> Hey, you can keep that, this that close means, to your yeah. chest, but I, I'm going to tell you right now, someone listening to this is like already opening a second web browser. <laughs> gonna, no, there's, gonna, no, there's plenty, there's plenty of people that know about it. Like, sure, it's cool. Sure. It's definitely cool stuff, but you know, if you can find it, fuck yeah, rock on. But yeah, dying <laughs> designers, like it's whole, it's a whole new thing. And no, uh, no, no. And, and I love that. And I love that, that you're, you're purging the past and you're moving on because you know, you talk a lot about a dark time that you went through. Um, you know, you said you were living in Los Angeles being successful and you basically ended up living in, back in your parents' basement um, in yeah, Chicago, working a shit so job, fucking, drinking so a 12 pack a night, man. you know? Yeah, it was so depressing, man. Fuck. Like having to like, I had that, you know, career going real well for me. I mean, I was, you know, living off music for three years and things were going awesome and then shit just hit the fan and I was like, fuck. So I moved back to Chicago and, you know, I, you know, I had money saved from, you know, the prior name and stuff like that. So I was like trying to figure things out and I kind of started this dying designer stuff, but you know, after a few months, the, the money was getting tight. So I had to get a real job and yeah. that shit was horrible. That shit sucked. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, there's something, there's a, there's something funny there, like a lead singer syndrome joke, you know, about a real job, but 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 seriously, oh, it's so it's so uninspiring too. And you right, know, like right. the way to get you know, like drinking a twelve pack a night to like just being depressed and like you know wanting to create and like working fucking eight hours and then coming home and trying to like put yourself in that mindset isn't necessarily the easiest thing. So like no, but but you're a machine, you know, like like you did it, dude. You know, like no, congratulations, yeah, you, you you're inspiring. Not just to other people that are listening to this that are doing that, doing that, that have to work those jobs and are trying to get music off the ground. You're inspiring to them, but you also should be inspiring to yourself because you know you know what that was like, and you yeah. and now you know where you're at. You know, just putting out your debut album that's absolutely killing it. So it, that that must make you feel awesome when you when you think back to. Uh, to, to the struggle and the redemption that you have right now. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it to be honest. Like it did suck and it was definitely like the worst years of my life, you know, with the, the relationship and the, you know, working like shitty job and like being broke as shit and like staying up super late in the studio and then having to go to work. Like it all sucked, but I don't think this, this record would be as raw or personal if right. I really, really wasn't, you know, I was, if I really wasn't my worst place. And, uh, so I'm, I'm grateful and I'm grateful where I'm at now and, uh, happy to be <laughs> out of this situation and make something good out yeah. of it. Well, you got some great material, uh, <laughs> on the record and you can definitely feel the pain, um, uh, you know, in your voice throughout the whole thing. So fuck yeah, you got something to show for it, dude. Fuck yeah. So the title, the title, nobody's happy. Um, it doesn't get much more emo than that, I guess. Uh, let's talk about that. Is that, is that something that you believe? Um, is that just a kind of a, uh, what's the word? Um, 
just I don't know. Are you, is that just your view on how people this in this day and age kind of act? Yeah, um, I mean, I just what's, is it a mindset? What is that? Honestly, I just think like I don't know. I was super fucking depressed, down. You know, I you know deal with anxiety on a daily basis and a lot of different shit. But you know, you see people and you look around and you're like, you know, people on Instagram and they like flaunt this like amazing perfect life, right? And right. you know, it's all like, you know, like there's a lot of great stuff and people do great stuff. But at the end of the day, we do deal with different emotions on a daily basis. Whether you're pissed off about this, uh, you're stressed about this, you're happy about that, like. Happy is just one emotion and you deal with multiple emotions on a daily basis. So really at the end of the day, no one truly is happy because there's plenty of shit going on. (laughs) And, you know, there's like, it's hard to be content nowadays too with with everything going on. Right. So that's, that's another reason as well. Like how many people do you know that they're like, yes, I'm truly happy. Everything in my life is great because I can't name a single person. Uh, yeah, I know. I don't know. I know. I know what you mean. And you know, I, I would say that maybe you know, ten years ago, something like that. I felt maybe I was happier, um, but it, it's weird because I feel like that's just your memory of a time. You kind of, I think that us as people, like it's kind of like when you go to um, a theme park, right? Like you go to Six Flags with your friends, right? And you spend like 80% of the time in line, in the fucking heat, hungry, like your stomach hurts, like, you know, it's not great. But then like you look back two years later and you're like, oh, remember that time we went to Six Six Flags and we went on that ride and it was like so sick. And then like this happened and it was so funny. You like, you kind of, your memory, I think, and it's probably a good thing your memory like seems to stick on to the things that makes make you know that you are memorable in that way you know what i mean so so when you go back and you think back to things you go oh that was like a really good experience and the good old days when like really right now is still the good old days it's just the current and i think that that's something i'm kind of constantly reminding myself about um i don't know if you would agree with that no absolutely like i'm i'm much happier i'm in like a way better place right now than when I, you know, was writing this album and, uh, I still, you know, I still don't, I'm not truly fully happy every single day. Like I definitely have a lot more things that make me happy and I'm more stoked about and, you know, way more positive things in my life. But I also do deal with shit, you know, like there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, fuck, this sucks. So I don't think I'll ever be happy and I don't think anybody else in the world will be. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, just because there's too much shit going on, you know, we got, we got too much stuff, too much responsibility and, uh, too many fucking apps on the phone, man, man, way too many. Like I got to like swipe and swipe and swipe just to find my banking app. Come on. There's gotta be a better way. Yeah, man, I feel you. Too many apps. (laughs) Uh, so I want to talk about your experience working with Nick Mira on the track PTSD. That's a big deal. That dude. Yeah, he's huge. He's massive right yeah. now. So. so what did you take away from that experience? Yeah, that happening so early on. We had three songs out. Oh, yeah. And uh, there was the first one, Hoodie. You stole my hoodie. Then Lately in Gerard Way. And it, that's like a weird collab how that happened. Like 
he like like Nick reached out to Paul or Paul, I don't know, something crazy happened. And Nick was like, he really fucked with lately heavy. Yeah. And I, I remember seeing like a DM screenshot, Paul, Paul sent me, I think it was like Thanksgiving actually when he sent me, it was Thanksgiving. He sent oh, okay. me like a screenshot of their like Twitter conversation. And Nick was like, yo, I really fuck with lately. I want to work with dying designer. Let me send some beats over. He sent like 11 beats over. And, you know, one really stood out and PTSD was made and it was cool though, but you know, it happening so early on felt so good just because, you know, three songs out and working with one of the biggest hip hop producers in the game right now is fucking crazy. Totally. I always feel like when you work with someone that's, you know, highly successful, you take something away from it, even if it's just like a confidence boost. Do you know what I mean? Like there's been times when... For example, we went in the studio with with um, Mark Trombino, who you know produced everything from Jimmy Eat World, Bleed American, to Blink One Eighty Two, Dude Ranch. Like, you know, and like it wasn't so much the fact that I learned a lot from him or anything. It was the fact that I was like, okay, I'm on this guy's level. Do you know what I mean? Like, he might have an idea that's good. I might have an idea that's good or bad, or he might have an idea that's bad. It's like it's like you start to realize that. Everyone is human. Is exactly. You know what I mean? We're like, all and people. You, and you have the potential to be successful like that person because you're on the same wavelength as them. I think that that's something you can really take away. Nick Merritt just graduated high school this year. Oh, really? He's 18. He's had the. He's been oh having, my god. He's got so many gold and platinum plaques, like more than you would imagine. Like, it's crazy. Like how many records he's done. You know, stuff with like X and Drake and. Juice World and Future and like the list goes on. The kids worked with literally everybody in the game, and he's so young, so it's it's super inspiring. It's super yeah, inspiring. He was making these songs. He's he was going to high school every single day, coming home and making hit records, like the biggest hits you hear on the radio. He made Lucid Dreams, like the biggest song of 2018. Fucking crazy. So it is very inspiring. And it's super cool, and we are all human. You know, we all go through shit, and you know. Just keep grinding away, and if That's you believe in something, crazy. I had no idea that he was eighteen. I had no. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the guy looks like or anything, really. Like, I mean, you know, I just know his name and I know the stuff he's done. He came to a Silverstein show. Did he come? In, yeah, in Vermont. He was at the Silverstein show. That's how Paul and him got linked up. Like they Vermont or something. That is random, dude. Wow. No, I don't. I'm. I, I'm a little bit out of the loop with things sometimes yeah this is crazy uh, though you know like you said there's there's too much going on too many apps i can't keep track that is crazy oh my god wow in fact i almost feel now i have to take back what i said because if this dude's 18 and, and killing it like this maybe there's maybe there's no hope for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's funny man i don't know man oh wow so so what else um i noticed you're not doing any shows I know it's like a different thing, you know, for like traditionally, you know, you put out a record, you got a band, the five, four or five guys, you get in a van and you drive around America and you sell t-shirts and play shows. Like, yeah, it's a bit different for you as, oh, a, so as a solo it's artist. So, different. so how does that work? How, how does touring and shows and, and events work? So, you know, you know how we were talking earlier and you're like, oh, you got all these ideas already. Like you were tracking memos for album two. Yeah. So 
since I'm not like out touring in a van or anything like that, I'm kind of fucking going crazy. I'm in my apartment. Like I want to be playing shows. So I'm just like sitting writing songs constantly. So it's, it's cool, you know, and it's like, I can, you can throw me in the studio now and I can come out with album two in like <laughs> two weeks because I have so many ideas, but, uh, you know, I think now that we have the album out, there's a lot of show opportunities and, you know, there's a potential European tour that might actually be happening cool. in the fall. Cool. You know, can't really spill too much beans on it, but that might just be happening. And I think it's going to be crazy. And then I'm actually doing a headline LA show September 5th. So that's going to be sick. Oh, nice. Okay. Awesome. We haven't announced it yet, but we were supposed to announce it yesterday, but we're like, they're working on a fly or something. So headline LA show September 5th. By the time this comes out, I'm sure, uh, well, it'll be out next week, but I think by the time it comes out, uh, it'll be, people can check it out. Yeah. So there's, we've had like, you know, we've done festivals and we've done some legs. We did two dates on a tour in December and yeah, we played shows in Houston and Dallas. Like we're definitely playing some stuff, but not as much as I'd want. Right. But I think it's all going to change real soon. So and, do you, do you tour, who do you collaborate with uh, live? Like with, with uh, Bodie? Yeah. Nick, so Nick Bodie, Bodie of hooligan yeah. fame. Yes. Yeah. So Bodie plays guitar. Yeah. He runs it through a Kemper and I fucking love the Kempers. They're so awesome because. And they're insane. You could do anything. It literally, it literally took like us having to be in a studio together. Like, he can literally like he has all his tones and everything and he just sends stuff back and forth and it, it comes out perfectly. And the crazy thing yeah. is like he can literally put the same tone like for like devil's calling. So it sounds exactly the same live that he yeah. uses. It's so cool. So yeah. he uses his camper and then I have a DJ Arjun who goes by Egypt. He's super fucking cool. And he started DJing. I was like, he's a producer, but I was like, yo, I need a DJ. You want to like learn how to DJ? And he just, <laughs> It was like, fuck yeah. And he learned and he's been crushing it. And so, yeah, I toured with those two guys, a DJ and a guitarist. It's definitely different. I don't think it's ever been done that way, but I kind of like, like it, like it, like that it's that way. No, I think it makes total sense. I mean, you need to have like, I think real organic guitar tones um, to get the right vibe. I mean, like I said earlier in a conversation, like the, the record despite being whatever you want to call it, emo rapper or, you know, more on that side of things, the guitar and the vibe is extremely important. In fact, I'd almost call it guitar-driven emo rap. You know what I mean? It's not driven, and it's clean guitar, but it's it's still it's such an important part that I think to not have that, oh, no, would, it, would, it wouldn't work. Yeah, it wouldn't He's work. a huge part, and he's, he's one hell of a performer. I mean, like, yo, you got to check this out. So we were in... We did a show in Houston, sold out, and it's like, you know, 500 people there. It was crazy. Nice, dude. The crazy cool thing, though, we crowd surfed like three, four times. Like, it was nuts. We had like mosh pits going, and, you know, just having Bodie and Arjun there really brought the extra energy and life to the yeah. room. And uh, like, it, was, it was so fucking cool. Like, it's like like quote unquote, like an emo rapper with mosh pits, crowd surfing. Like we got breakdown. We got so much cool shit. And <laughs> the live performance is like super fucking sick. And I can't wait till we get to take it 
you know, worldwide and everyone gets to see exactly. Totally. And, you know, I wonder how much the music in the studio will start to change, you know, once you start playing live and you realize which parts of your music go off better live and, and how much of that becomes something that you want to incorporate. You know what I mean? That, that seems to happen with so many bands that they end up, uh, you know, you, you learn know, so much. Heavier you know, you or, learn or, so much. Yeah, you, playing shows, absolutely. you literally absolutely. learn so much. Like crowd reaction, you're like being in the studio. You're like, wow, the crowd's gonna go nuts here, or we're gonna have them wave their phones here. Like it's fucking, it's so cool, you know. Being the live experience, you can't, you can't take back. Like it's in that moment, and that's it. Like you're in a room, and everyone gets to have that vibe together. It's, it's super fucking awesome. Awesome, dude. That's awesome, man. Okay, well, thanks for taking the time to talk to me about all this stuff, man. Anything else to tell the people? Um, the record is out now. Just came out. Nobody's happy on Hopeless Records. You can get it on, well, just about anywhere. Um, yeah. Is it on vinyl? It may be releasing on vinyl. I keep getting a ton of DMs and shit. And I know it was brought up with the label so like a while ago. So I'm not really sure. It might be. I hope so. And if it does, you know, whoever likes vinyl, cop it. And then maybe yeah. on tour we'll have physical copies. People keep DMing me like, I really want a physical copy. Like, So maybe we'll have physical copies on tour. Not really sure. But yeah, keep bumping. Nobody's happy. Appreciate everybody. And, you know, keep sharing with your friends. And, uh, you know, come check us out on tour when we announce some dates. Fuck yeah, rock on! Thanks for thanks for talking to me, man. I appreciate it. Of course, it. of course, man. Big fan of yours, and uh, and you're just such a nice guy. So thanks for uh, thanks for being sick. Yours as well. But yo, check this out. I actually got something cool to talk to you about. Okay. Before we end this, so okay, sure. I remember the first time I heard Silverstein. You ready for this? Oh, I'm ready, ready dude. <laughs> I was like nine, maybe ten. Oh my god! My cousin, Fuck my I cousin. No, my cousin Jessica. She gave me a CD, like a mixed CD, and it had like literally all like the post-hardcore screamo stuff on there. And the first fucking song was smashed into pieces. And I was like instantly hooked. There you go. Instantly fucking hooked. So like growing up, obviously like early on, you know, I was watching all your guys' videos and all your albums. So it's crazy how... You know, the world works. Like, now I'm friends with all you guys. And, yeah. you know, Paul manages the project. And it's it's just super crazy how life is, like, full circle and things kind of all come back together. And, uh, you know, a lot of the influence wouldn't come from – a lot of my influence wouldn't come if I never heard any of this stuff as a, as a little kid. So I'm super grateful for your art as well, man. So Oh, thank you. That's really nice of you to say, man. And you guys are still fucking – Killing it, dude. Like that new Burn It Down record is so fucking sick. I seen how many playlists you guys got in on that song. And yeah. I was like, well, we got a good manager. Yeah. <laughs> and so do you. Oh, yeah. So he's that's, great. that's the key. No, I mean, playlists. Shout are, out PK. Shout out PK. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, I think, you know, a lot of people are aware of it, you know, in the industry and stuff. But a lot of people that just are probably casually listening to this, they don't realize how important playlisting is. Um, you know, it's, it's the new radio. Um, you know, people throw on a playlist to find out about new music the same way they used to throw on FM, FM radio. So uh, that's really the way to get your music out there. So it's great to see you doing so well playlisting. And it's nice for, you know, old dogs like us to get some uh, to get some playlists, too. Fuck yeah. No, absolutely. You guys are killing it. And uh, 
super stoked to be able to talk to you today and uh hopefully see you guys soon sure man. and uh much love, brother. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Glad so, you like the album. I love the album, but I want to I wanna ask you which song I should play for the people. I'm thinking maybe Pull It, the first track, but uh, if you've got uh, a different one you want the, yeah, the people uh, to hear, uh, let me know. Shit, yeah. Mm, I don't know. You could play Pull It, Wounds, or Lately. Okay. Either or. Well, track one, two, or three. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Pull It. We'll Fuck kick yeah. it off right now. Is that your favorite off the album? Uh, ooh, I don't know. I don't know if that's my it's my favorite. I really like the way the album starts. I like the energy of this one. Um, I like I like how you, how many times you say the f word. Big fan. Yeah, big fan I, of the f word. I seen. I, I see, oh, you're gonna crack up about this. Someone like wrote a review, <laughs> and uh, someone was like, "He said fuck thirty two times." Someone counted. Dying. Yeah, someone counted. Like <laughs> props to the reviewer who counted. Like fuck yeah. Like <laughs> said fuck thirty two times apparently. So. There you go. Fucking rock on. All right. Well, um, the censored version would be really horrible for this song. Oh, my God. A lot of imagine, imagine the radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, Bobby, thanks so much, man. And um, uh, here's Pull It uh, on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace of love. We'll see you next time. Later. Yeah, Peace, take guys. care, man.
by Dying in Designer, the first track off the debut record, Nobody's Happy. It's awesome. It's a great record. I don't care what genre of music you like. This is timeless stuff. This is great lyrics. This is great melodies. This is cool. And uh, I want to thank Bobby so much for taking the time to chat with me. I hope he can do some shows because I want to see this guy live. This is all really, really awesome. I know every week I talk about the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. And right now I want to give a shout out to some of the top tier members for all their love and support. Thank you so much to Adam Hickok, Alyssa Lowe, Anthony Poplowski, Anton Pelrose, Eric Layton, Austin Amos, Brandon Drescher, Brandon Ray, Brianna Wolf, Brendan Potter, Caroline Kerouac, Christian Harris, Christina Bravo, Cody France, Cole Fenn, Connor Larson, Connor Lynch, Derek James, Andre Nielsen, Drew McDonald, Ethan Thompson, Fernando Parada, Feet Kazmat, Ford Wesson, Francisco Perez, Gabby Marshall, George, oh, I never know how to say your name, George. You know who you are. Gibson Devins, Ian Scott, not Scott Ian, Jesse Basso, Johnny Carell, my sly dog, Windsor's Finest, Mr. Josh Lowe, Julie Popelka, Caitlin Davis, Markham Ray King, Martin Jacobson, Matt Miller, Megan Marr, Melissa Gilroy, Mike Roberts, Nate Riley, Philip Fradkin, Rahel Schweiler, Rainer Ho, Rebecca Ferrero, Rigel St. Pierre, Robert Scott Lewis, Roy Stino, Sarah Paulis, Scott Ponce de Leon, I think I got that right, Stephen Dietrich, Stephen Olson, Tanya Kapshevsky, Vin Nguyen, Wayne Jennings, Will Southerd, and Zach Weissenberger. Thank you all so, so much for all the love and support. And if you want your name at the end of an episode, check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. Thanks again for listening. Peace and love. I'll see you next week on Wednesday.